0: This is Victory Lane with Reverend Lawrence Grace Sr., Associate Minister of Grace Bible Fellowship, Antioch, California, where Kirkland A. Smith is the senior pastor. Now, Victory Lane.
1: Welcome now to Victory Lane. Come with us now as we travel down the highway of life, serving and building up the kingdom of God by the preaching and the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, recruiting sinners who do not know Jesus in the pardon of their sins while encouraging believers to remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain and remembering this always, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Our subject today is our continuation of the study in the book of Acts where we left off on chapter 2 and we will continue into chapter 3. Amen. The book of Acts. And let, let, us, let us pray. Father God in heaven, we come to you. Thanking you, thanking you, thanking you for your grace, goodness, and mercy. We ask you right now upon your blessing, dear Lord, upon the study of your word. Have your way in our hearts and our mind. Teach us by the power of the precious Holy Spirit what you would have us to learn to make us better equipped men and women of God. And if there's someone out there who don't know you in the pardon of their sins, may they ask now and cry out, what must I do to be saved? We ask your blessing in Jesus' name and for his sake amen amen our subject today is like i said the book of acts and we're going to continue into the uh, second chapter if you remember last we spoke about please get your uh your notebooks and your paper and and your bible and uh, i'll continue to speak acts the second chapter and uh, we talked about in the first beginning of acts, the second chapter is when Peter and the rest of the uh, disciples were in the upper room and the Holy Ghost came and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and it came suddenly like a rushing mighty wind and, it, and it, it empowered all the believers to start speaking in tongues and they started speaking in tongues and speaking of the wonders and the works of God. What were they saying in those tongues? They were talking about Jesus Christ and how he came to save a dying world and how he Rose from the grave and that he is the Son of God. and after, and after the uh, the speaking of tongues was noised about, the people said these people must be drunk because uh, uh, they're, they're speaking in tongues and with speaking languages we never heard. and Peter is re- reminding them that that no they're not drunk, but they are filled with the Holy Ghost speaking the wonders of Jesus Christ. And then Peter began to preach, and he's preaching. The uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's preaching how he came to earth, how he sacrificed his life, how he died for our sins by shedding his blood on the cross, and that he is the Son of God, and that he rose from the dead, and through him, and through him alone, one can be saved. And he continues his preaching as we look in our chapter Acts two, the thirty seventh verse. We're going to read verses thirty seven through forty. Okay, Acts chapter 2, 37 through 40. Peter has finished preaching his sermon. And the people have listened. Now the people have of interest of wanting to serve God, wanting to be a part of the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 37, Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So after hearing the gospel, they said, we want to know what shall we do after hearing the good news? What shall we do after hearing that Jesus Christ is Lord? What shall we do now that we know that he rose from the grave? and the sitting at the right hand of the Father. What shall we do now that we know that he came and shed his blood and died for our sins? What shall we do? And Peter answered, verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the first thing Peter said unto them is repent. Repent. To repent is to have a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of lifestyle. I don't want to do what I used to do. Repent. I decided to make a change in my life, in my heart, in my mind. And I repent for all the sins that i done before. I'm repenting in the name of Jesus and he said, "And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ." Baptism in, in 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 Jesus Christ is to the symbolic ordinance that Jesus Christ left for us. The ordinance of baptism and the communion, the last communion, to be emerged in the water and baptized in Christ, uh, going down into a watery grave, as Christ went into. A grave himself and coming up out of the grave as a new creature in Christ and he said be baptized for what for the remission of your sins for the forgiveness of sins and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost verse 39 for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call so the promise Of receiving the Holy Ghost is to everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is Lord. To everyone who believes and accept him as Lord and Savior. That promise is for you. When you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you receive him into your heart, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And what is the Holy Ghost? We discussed that earlier. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God living within the believer of God of, through his Son, Jesus Christ. So when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are now a child of God. Now, verse number 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, ex- exhort, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. So Peter is testifying with many other words, preaching to God. What he's doing, he's testifying about Jesus Christ. What words did he spoke? He spoke, we've seen him. We are witnesses. We know that he is the Christ. We've seen him heal the sick. We've seen him make the blind see. We've seen him make the dumb talk. We've seen him make the deaf hear. We've seen him heal, heal all manner of diseases. We've seen him Made the dead rise again to life, and we are. He's testifying to this, and he, he is exhorting, uplifting the name of Jesus. And that's what Peter is saying to them. And he say, "And since you know this, save yourselves from this untoward generation. You need somebody need to save themselves from this untoward generation, meaning a sinful generation." A sinful generation, people of the world living in sin. Save yourselves from that generation of sinners. How do I do that? Accept Jesus Christ as Lord in your life, and you shall be saved. Save yourselves. He's telling them in verse forty. Now, through verse forty-one and forty-five. Now, check this out. This is the this is the first church. This is the first church and the first sermon to the first church. 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. What? Then they that were gladly, that gladly received his word were baptized. In the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Baptism is a symbolic belief in Jesus Christ in the symbol of his, of his death and his resurrection. So we're baptized in the water, emerge and coming out of the water, a new creature in Christ. Go to Romans the sixth chapter and let's look at baptism in a little bit more deeper understanding of it. Romans the sixth chapter. Romans six. See, because once you become baptized, once you give your life to Christ and confess your sins, once you've done all of this, then you become a new creature in Christ. And now you don't live a life as a sinner. Okay? You don't live a life as one who lives in sin. Now let's read this. Romans 6, verse 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse number two, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So the grace of God is his unmerited love. Now, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Once you have given your life to Christ, you are dead to sin. And you should not live any longer therein. In other words, you should not do the things that you used to do, the sinful things of the world. Now, let's continue our reading. In verse 3, 3 and 4, Romans chapter 6. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? In the emerging of the water, we were baptized in in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. We are baptized, emerging in the water, into his death, coming up out of the water as a new creature in Christ. Number four, therefore we are buried with him. We just got baptized in the emerging of the water by baptism into death. We are dead into sin dead into our sins and our trespasses that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in the newness of life as Christ was raised up from the father from the grave even though we who have given our lives to Christ confess him as Lord and have been baptized have rose up out of the watery grave into the newness of life. That we should walk in the newness of life. See, being a Christian is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a a choice that you make. And you should, once you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, then you need to walk, should walk, be compelled to walk in the newness of life. Because you are a new creature in Christ. Verse five, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death when he was in the grave and we were in the watery grave being baptized, we shall also, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection when he comes again. We should be in the likeness of his resurrection. When we come up out of the water, we should be in the likeness of his resurrection. What should, I, what should my life be like? My life should be a life of being Christ-like. Being a Christian means to be Christ-like. What does that mean? That means be Jesus. D- did you know once you become baptized, giving your life to Christ, you are now, check this out, I'm going to go to the ocean, Jesus. Yes, you are a representative of Jesus. And sometimes the only Jesus people will see is you being resurrected from the old into the new. That we should also be in the likeness of his resurrection. To be like Jesus is to what? Act like Jesus. Talk like Jesus. Walk like Jesus. Do what Jesus did. Live a life like Jesus Live a Christ-like life. That's what being a Christian is. Verse number six and seven. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We talk about being baptized in Jesus Christ. And our old man is crucified, meaning he's dead. The old man, the old me, it's not, the, it's not the same me. It's a new me now. I'm a new, I'm a new creature in Christ. My lifestyle has changed. The, 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 the old song went like this. I, I looked at my hands and they look new. I looked at my feet and they did too. In other words, my hands don't do what they used to do. My feet don't go where they used to go. I don't speak the way I used to speak. I don't act the way I used to act. I am crucified with Christ. Paul says, I am am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ living within me. In the life which I now live, I live by faith through the Son of God who loved me. I'm crucified. I am dead with Christ, dead in Christ. And I'm walking in the likeness of him. That our old man is crucified, in verse 6, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. In other words, we should not live a life of, uh, of sin. How do I do that? Simple. Somebody said it's hard. It's only hard if you don't want to do right. How do I live a life? How do I live a sinless life? I try my best to live as a Christian ought to live. I try my best to walk like a Christian, talk like a Christian, act like a Christian, live like a Christian so that I do not serve sin. You're either gonna serve God or you're gonna serve sin, the devil. There's no two ways about it. There's two people in the world, right and wrong, and there's no right way to do wrong. I remember when I was lost in sin, I would think about how to do wrong right. Can I get a witness out there? Somebody say amen, thank you. I would think about how to do wrong right, how to get away with something. How to do something, how to plan something, how to scheme, to do wrong, how to live in sin. But there, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there's no right way. Young people, let me tell you, there's no right way to do wrong because wrong is wrong. Bottom line. Verse number seven. For he that is dead is free from sin. I am dead in Christ and I'm free from sin. In other words. Let me put it to you like this. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 17th verse. Write that down. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 17th verse. And it reads like this. Therefore, if any man and or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. I'm a new creature in Christ. You're a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. How do I stop doing the things that I used to do? You just stop. Well, what if I can't stop? Well, guess what? As you grow, you begin to stop stuff. The Holy Spirit will convict you and you stop. Old things are passed away. I don't do what I used to do. Behold all things are new. Look, I'm a new it's a new me. I'm walking in Christ. It's a new me. Verse number 8 and 10. Now, if we be dead with Christ through the confession of calling him Lord, Lord of our lives, being baptized, we believe that we shall also live with him. We will live with him one day. Number nine, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. He ain't going to die no more. Okay? He's not dying anymore. He, because Christ being dead, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death had no more dominion over him. He conquered death. I mean, let's think about this. Out of all the philosophers... All the great leaders, all the great people of the world, all the great gods, let's put it like that, of the world, Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, Harry Krishna. all the great gods of the world that we learn of, that we know of, out of all of them, not one can claim of those that they have risen from the dead and is alive. Name me one. There's only one who claims that. Jesus Christ is Lord. Dieth no more. And death had no dominion over him. He conquered death when he rose from the grave. No one can claim that. But the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. Number 10. For in that he died, which he did. We read that a few weeks ago on the cross. He died, was crucified, shed his precious blood. When they put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, pierced him in his side while the blood came streaming down, he died on the cross. He died for what? Unto sin. He died on sin. He carried the sins of the world one time. But in that, he liveth, he liveth unto God. And he rose from the grave and he lives and he sended unto God. 11 through 13. We're in Romans 6. Check this out. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. As you are a new creature in Christ, likewise reckon you are to know that you yourself are should be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord undead to sin. In other words, I don't practice it. I may slip. You might slip as we all do. I don't practice it like I used to do. I don't, I don't willfully and wantonly live a life of sin, but I live a life unto God through his son, Jesus Christ. Check this out. Therefore, Romans 6, number 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Part eight of the scripture: Sin should not have superiority in your life anymore. Let not it reign, meaning it is supreme in your life. It has no more reign in my mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Oh, the lust thereof. Hmm. In, in this body, you know, there's a craving, there, 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 there's a need, there, there, there's this mm, desire to do, to fulfill the lust of my body, my desires. But, the, but we should not obey, meaning give in to the lust thereof. How do I do that? How do I do it? I su- Here's how you do it. I submit my life to God. I submit my life to God, resisting the devil, and he will flee. Paul says in Romans, just the next chapter, Romans 7, you want to go over it? We can hit it. I got to go back to Acts. How much time I got? Likewise, reckon your bodies. I'm, I'm going to hit it. Let not sin, therefore reign, have supreme in your in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Check out now. 14 through 13 through 16, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin In other, you know, your instruments, the, the, the body of your, of, of your sexual desires, cravings, yield not those instruments unto sin. In other words, don't fornicate, commit adultery, sleep with the same sex. Uh, that, that, that's I use my instruments. That's, and I do that. I'm living in sin. It, it, that's what the Bible says. Don't blame me. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. God is holy. God is righteous. That's why, that's why I wrote this book. I wrote that book right there. No, this book. I wrote that book right there. No sex in heaven. You wanna know why there'd be no sex in heaven. Read it. I'm going to tell you why. i tell you right there in that book. Okay. All these are, 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 are tools. But yield yourselves unto God. I'm in verse 13. As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. In other words, I'm yielding myself, my body, my body, my whole body unto God. And I am alive from the dead. I'm alive from the dead of sin, and my members as instruments as righteousness unto God. I'm not doing that stuff. That's sin. Let me go back to me. Number 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. You are not under the law of Moses. You are under the grace. God's unmerited love. And sin should have not dominion over you. Verse 15, Romans 6. What then shall we, what then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. In other words, since I'm under grace and God forgives me for my sins and I'm not under the law, guess what? I can ask God for forgiveness. Yes, and get forgiven. But I'm, I'm, I should not live a life of being living in sin, though. It says, God forbid. Just because you're under grace, just because you're a Christian, does not give you a license to sin. Even though God says I forgive you for your sin, you're taking a chance with your life. You're taking a you're taking a chance with your life spiritually. You're taking a chance with your life eternally, living in sin. God forbid. God said, Jesus said, at that last day, everybody says, Lord, everybody says, Lord, Lord, should not enter into the kingdom of God, but he that doeth the will of the Lord. Know that. Verse 16, I'm going to sum it up. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. In other words, whomever you yield your body to, that is your who you yield to. Who you yield to is the servant that you obey. Now you're either going to obey righteousness or unrighteousness. Bottom line. God bless you. God keep you. Tune in again. Next week, and we shall continue, Victory Lane. God bless you, God keep you. I'm your host, Reverend Lawrence Gray. You may also check out my books at the online bookstore. There two, are two great bestsellers that will help you. There are two that help you out, okay? God bless you. Tell a friend, we'll see you next week. God bless you. God keep you.
0: Join us next week.